Welcome to the ASAP Weekly Rocket League Podcast, a show hosted by LeZero, the man of a thousand rants, and Wabbit, the fan favorite. This show details the latest news in the Rocket League scene, esports results, and tips and tricks on how to get better at the game, while sometimes they'll just take a random topic and see where it takes them. Thank you all for listening, and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to the ESAM Weekly Rocket League Podcast. I don't know why I changed my voice for that, but uh, we are here with the um, the panel. I think that's what I'm just going to call it, the panel from now on, right? Um, not not that, uh, you know, it, you're like the only panel of people we could have, but I feel like this is a very strong panel. Um, we got Elias. How's it going, Elias? How's it going? Uh, doing pretty good. Happy to be here. Should I should I like introduce you guys? Like I wonder if like everyone knows who Elias is. You know what I mean? He helped us coached. He's a uh, uh, you know a one v one god tier player. Um, there you go. There's Elias. All right. Current reigning uh, world champion in the Discord. Just to remember. There, there I, it is. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, because I haven't done another tournament. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> you don't, we don't uh, need another one. We're good. Great. Uh, we also got the. Um, the master of secrets, uh, the shadowy, the Varus of the Rocket League community, Ty Swiggles. How's it going, Varus. Ty Swiggles? Hi, doing good. Currently dying with the big C, but all good. The question is, who is he going to kill to take over from Lazero? Who's he going to plot to kill? <laughs> I mean, listen, the fact that you're also on this show is definitely um, building to political intrigue. Tim, how's it going? It is going well. Uh, Tim needs no introduction. He's here to make sure that we all get checked in our opinions. Um, And there you go. Uh, So I'm going to, I'm going to start right off. We're going to go over, go through our patrons, um, which we have listed out somewhere here. Okay, here we go. Uh, We got Zodiac, too much space, chaos maker, space bear, Frank, Osmanis, Caleb, Raz, digital toast, paint. Ah, uh, your boy Hunty and Young Slug, uh, thank you all for your continued support. Um, we will be dropping a two-hour, okay, Rob and Kyle show. All right, it's been forever since we've done a two-hour show, but there's a two-hour show that is uh, coming out uh, probably around the same time that this comes out, actually. So if you go on Patreon, you can go listen to it. We go over h- how all of our podcasts started, um, some behind-the-scenes secrets, um, some funny stories, and then uh, we. After an hour and 20 minutes of kind of going over how like every podcast started and all the behind the scenes of it, uh, we then talk about for 40 minutes why we'd never do a political podcast. Um, However, it's essentially us doing a 40 minute political podcast about why we'd never do a political podcast. So that's also pretty funny. Uh, So there you go. Um, I think it's great. I enjoy the conversation. We talked after the show even. So that's crazier. It was great. Uh, Okay. Uh, Enough of that spiel. Um, we brought you all in because roster mania is well underway a uh, million things be happening. Um, I'm sure we're going to miss it. Um, that's why all of you are here to discuss it. And also remind me if I missed anything. Um, the first thing, and I think this is a nice link to our previous episode is that jurors confirmed that apparently Jack signed a three year contract. Um, you know, when, when I saw this, you know, and then we'll talk about, um, cause I think, it is seemed like yeah apparently jack's not playing for dig or whatever but i think at least tim and i are probably on the same opinion that's i'm just go- like guessing but like when you set a three-year contract like i 
it's very hard to like kind of be on your side if you're the one who made the decision and then you're like oh they're not letting me go right uh but i digress tim do you have anything to say to this i have a lot to say this is this is the only part of today that i actually have any value to bring to this show so not okay. necessarily because I think this will actually extend into some other discussions. Oh, I've got tangents to go on with this. Don't get me wrong. Like I've got a <laughs> whole thing to go into and it's all going to prove my point that the smartest thing that Jack could have done was sign a three-year contract. Okay. And Oh, because I, of the fact that it's not worth what it was written on. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Keep well, going. Well, there's, there's a few things to it, right? So the the reason this is even a debate in any, in any sense is because what Nolly it was said... Signing a three-year contract was dumb. Uh, Jerry's. Um, well, doesn't matter. Jerry's one was one, the one of them with a name yeah. that I don't that I can't pronounce, and I wouldn't recognize their face if I saw them. So, <laughs> one of those people said it was dumb to sign a three-year contract. Yeah, Jarvis. That's apparently Jack. Just for our listeners, continue. So, if that was dumb, if signing a lengthy contract is dumb in general. Why in every traditional sport do athletes pursue long-term contracts? Why in baseball will players take less of an annual pay for a 10-year contract when they could take a five-year contract and make $10 more million per year, but they take the 10-year contract and make less money per year? Well, because in any case, sustained excellence and sustained being able to sustain being even remotely relevant in the sport is challenging at any sport, any, in any fashion. And, and Ty Swiggles and allies can probably answer this better than uh, either me or Lazero, but outside of the extremes like Turbo Pulsa, Justin, KDOP, any of those ones that have been around for a long time and you recognize their name, how long is the average player, how long are they relevant in the pro scene. And, and and by that, I mean, their team is say top six, the teams that they are on are top six in their region. How long would you say the average player has for that? Ty, um, do you want to take this? Yeah. yeah uh, if, a, if like we're talking about like a, a player that's like at like a top six team level, um, like they're probably looking at like a year or two, depending on, uh, like if 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 they're just a player that stays like at that like top six and doesn't break in like to any higher levels throughout their career, it'll probably be about two years at that level, and then they'll start to fall off. I, I would say. Okay, so a year to two, roughly, right? Because when you think of players like the Justins, the Squishies that have been around forever, um, you have them, and they're kind of the staples of the name, and that's why they're on teams like NRG, these large orgs. But then you look at how many players have come and gone have had flashes in the pan of being remotely relevant to that top level. And then they are just kind of like, all right, they sit in that top eight to 12 range for, for some time. And then they just kind of fall off. Like that happens in esports. Everyone knows esports careers are short. So having a three-year contract, depending on the specifics of the contract, what is the guaranteed money that goes along with this contract is incredibly important, but you've essentially at that point, if you've signed a three-year contract, you have guaranteed for three years, I'm going to get paid to play Rocket League, regardless of what else happens. Now, if the org buckles, depending on how your contract works, you may still like part of them buckling is them giving you your payout, then you get to go do what you want. But even but if the org doesn't buckle, then you've got a guaranteed essentially paycheck for three years. 
So the longevity aspect of that is incredibly important. The other aspect that I want to bring up that goes along with that is how many, cause I, cause I know there was the aspect that like, don't sign the three-year contract because that then you limit your ability to maximize potential other contracts, right? So like you sign the one year so that when you're peaking after one year, you can sign the next contract for more money. And even Jack, I think said he was offered to be the highest paid rocket league player by dig at one point. But if we look at, we, we have to look at a few different perspectives for understanding why signing a long-term contract is a good idea. So because rocket league careers are short, not only are rocket league's career careers short, but also org orgs being involved in rocket league are incredibly short in the year of 2020. Who wants to take a guess at how many orgs have participated and according to Liquipedia, how many orgs have participated and received prize money? How many different teams? That's interesting. Like just any type of any kind of prize money. Any according to Liquipedia, they've received prize money in 2022. Uh, I'll go. How ridiculous should I make this? Uh, 84. Okay. Any other guesses? Receiving prize money. They've received prize money in 2022, according to Liquipedia. It doesn't matter what tournaments they came from, but they received prize money as a team. Is this of any? Like if any I went, to, yeah, if I went to a tournament and I was like on Wikipedia, like <laughs> if it's on Wikipedia as them having received prize money as a team, that's what I'm counting. Okay. Doesn't matter how much or how little, but if it's on Wikipedia that they've received prize money as a team, how many teams do you think that is in 2022? I mean, I'm going to say 200. Okay. Ty, do you have a guess? Uh, I wouldn't quite say that. I, I don't know. Like, I'd say like 80 maybe. I, I like, sir, I just like how like Tim came in here. He's so demanding. You know what I mean? <laughs> 385 teams, according to Liquipedia, have received prize money for playing Rocket League. Not all RLCS, obviously, but they've received money for playing Rocket League. 385 teams. So with that in mind, this isn't the the NFL. This isn't Premier League. This isn't NHL or NBA where you have 30 teams all splitting revenue. You have 385 teams all vying for money. So you sign the long-term contract with a large organization like Dignitas because you're essentially guaranteeing yourself long-term pay. Now with 385 teams receiving money and then that money being split between multiple players, obviously you have quite a few players that are receiving prize money. 880, how many was it? 800... It was like eight hundred. Well, okay, because okay. Here, like here's that. a side note: when it comes to like receiving prize money, like depending on your contract, you might not be get like when Liquipedia shows approximate earnings. It's entirely possible that a lot of those contracts don't include those earnings because they're already exactly. getting a yearly like amount. So, right? and, and that's what I assume. I assume Liquipedia is ta- when they're talking about earnings, they're talking about winnings from tournaments and so on. That's what I assume. Uh, it could include contract money in there, but it, it I'm assuming not. Um, but I'm just going to assume winnings in general. 
So you have 886 players that have received prize money in 2022, according to Liquipedia. Now, obviously not every player has a fantastic big org contract like Jack or any of these other high level players have. So the way I look at it from a prize money perspective, if you were going to make Rocket League a career, how much earnings do you need in prize money? If you had no other org contract or anything like that, how many, how many earnings and prize money do you need to make it a livable wage type of thing with Rocket League? And for myself, I put the, uh, I put the marker on $40,000. I felt like that's a, that's a good medium as far as like, okay, you're going to make a, you're going to make a decent wage playing a video game, um, for a living for a period of time. I'll say U S just to, yeah, as of US, US you literally got three because like <laughs> I, I've I've ran into no I've ran into this before right um, where I'll use a baseline and people immediately associate with US right but it anyway it's not it's not what uh, <laughs> it's not like it, it doesn't translate right because there is a difference in currency now Ty Swoogles yeah. probably knows this pretty well how like if you took if you took somebody like apparently Jack how many hours per week does apparently Jack play Rocket League <laughs> that's a good question it varies a lot over the season um, if you were like, gonna if you were gonna say like okay hey they're they're putting in work they're trying to you know be a professional trying to become a professional or maintain a high level professional status what would you say a player of that caliber top four like a player on a top four team in their region how much realistically are they gonna be playing per week um they probably need to be playing like to maintain their level and like sort of stay like at the top of the region, probably somewhere around like 30, 35 hours a week. Um, okay. And then, so like, 30 to 35 hours a week, that's about $20, 20, $21 an hour um, us dollars. So that's like a solid wage, right? Like that's not, a, you're not upset by 20 or $21 an hour. Um, if they commit more time than their per hour wage based off a $40,000 living is, um, is like you know it goes down obviously like if you're putting in 50 hours a week instead of 40 hours a week hmm. then you've you've uh dropped your per hour earning by 25 percent. so with that in mind if we had forty thousand dollars as the line for livable wage by playing rocket league based off earnings that are reported on liquipedia out of 886 players how many do you think make a livable wage out of 886, you said? Yep. There's 886 players on Liquipedia that have earned money playing Rocket League in 2022. And how many are clearing the 40,000? How many are clearing 40,000? Mm-hmm. From prize earnings alone, you're saying? Yeah, from prize. earnings reported on Liquipedia. I don't know how they calculate the earnings, but earnings reported on Liquipedia. Um, on earnings based on Liquipedia, I would guess that it would be like what? It can't be. I'll say like 40. Yeah. You guys are right around it. It's 45. 45 people out of 886 have cleared the $40,000 number. Now you have ones that are in the extreme amount, according to Liquipedia, like all the Furia players. Yup. Furia, BDS players, um, G2. Like, obviously, like the biggest biggest winning teams, of course, are going to be near the top of that list, right? So, and, and apparently, Jack barely covered he's at forty one thousand forty one thousand eight hundred 
So like he barely clears that $40,000 line. And I assume he has contract money and stuff on top of that. So from this perspective, if you're talking about a player that can make a name for themselves and make a livable wage off playing Rocket League, there's actually names on here that you'd be surprised don't make very much in the earnings, according to Liquipedia. Um, Archie has only made 32. That You know what? That actually doesn't surprise me because although he was like touted so much, I think relatively speaking, he wasn't like it like name value matters right in the game and so it kind of missed has only made 34 yeah. uh i bet turbo and kid up mitt, that well. does surprise me actually chassette think, has only made 23 it's the issue is like all these players with like the big names that like everyone knows as like stars and stuff like they're not always just on the best teams so they just won't be winning yeah. the prize money right yeah well yeah and, that, and that's the that's the limitation of some but that's what i mean though that's why you take the contract. That's why you take the long-term contract because you're a Chassette. That's a pretty solid name in the European Rocket League scene, right? So you're making $24,000 a year on earnings. Why wouldn't you take a three-year contract that's going to pay you five to $10,000, somewhere in that five to $10,000 range per month? Why wouldn't you guarantee yourself another $60,000 a year? Mm-hmm. Like yep. for three years. So when, when, and if you're saying that, okay, a player being top six in their region, maintaining top six. And they, I mean, that, and that could range, right? You'll play like you'll have a top six team and they'll, and they'll get a third place finish, a second place finish on a, you know, on a random fall split regional or something like that. So they'll get, you know, some decent prize money here and there, but you're a top six player. You have a year or two of relevancy in rocket league. Why wouldn't you take the three-year contract? Why wouldn't you take a long-term security blanket for all of that? If you take the one year, what if you have a terrible, like the last year for Turbo? A year ago, Turbo was, I mean, maybe not quite, maybe a little bit over a year ago, but Turbo and Envy were like, oh, that's like a top two team in NA or something like that. It wasn't that long ago. And now Turbo's a relegated sub. Like he's not, he's not a starter on a team. He's not getting that big name contract. Why wouldn't he have taken a two or three year contract at that point? Yeah. So. So that's my big thing when it comes down to one player who is, you know, and they're all 16, 17, 18 years old. They don't, they don't understand long world, you know, large world views, large scope type of stuff like that. So saying, oh, why'd you take a three-year contract? That's dumb is pretty short-sighted when you're considering that how fast a Rocket League career can be taken away from you. Like, so my whole point is that Jack was smart by signing a long-term contract. And just like in the NBA, these players have all the power. If Jack said like, hey, I don't want to play. I'm not going to play for Dignitas. They would have ended up trading him or buying him out, or having someone buy him out. Like it would have just happened. And it, I mean, like this is the thing, right? Is like another thing that we've we've just seen. And like, I think we can talk about this, but it looks like an open calls. Um, apparently Jack will, won't be playing for Dignitas, right? You know, he's playing on what the... the he's on Gen G. Gen G, which was Stormtroopers for like a day and a half. Now it's Gen G. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so it worked I mean, out because he, well, that's the thing is if he wanted to stick around and get paid, then he would. Right. Um, I think the other things that are probably, you know, uh, clouding the situation as well as like the possibility, like we don't know what's happening internally in Dignitas because there's some rumors, quote unquote. Um, I don't know. It, it, and I don't even think it has to do with just Rocket League. 
Um, so yeah, it's one of those things where um, it it did that it, brings like, what, up my I, I brings up my side I brings yeah, up my yeah. side tangent. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and we were having the conversation in the esports discussion channel. Good, uh, good. when with my apparently imposter person, <laughs> yeah, that uh, is putting stuff in there about you know some of the things that are in there is. There's limitations and stuff and very little protection when it comes to players, both financially and PR wise. And I think that's such a, such a major aspect of any of this is, you know, you have, you have essentially kids, 16, 17, 18 year olds being in the driver's seat of this game and this esports and in charge of essentially growing it through their own personalities and platforms and all of that. It only benefits them for the sport to grow, but that age limitation is one of the things that's going to also kind of prevent it from growing. And I'd like to get your guys' overall viewpoints on this, but um, I think when you are at that age, you need more like the, like psionics, RLCS and organizations and all that. There needs to be more stuff in place that are going to protect these 16, 17 and 18 year olds because they're not in a position that they really have a true understanding of what's going on. And I don't know as far as like how this compares to something like the NFL players association or the major league baseball or NBA players associations and those kind of things. Those are essentially unions formed for the players to protect the players and do things in the player's best interest. So I don't know how that works as far as esports, if there are things like that, or if it's just individual companies that will represent an individual player and try and do things in their best interest, but it's not like a unionized thing. So you guys will have to give me more perspective on that. But overall, I think there's a huge limitation when it comes to this kind of stuff that is going to protect players both financially and PR wise, because financially speaking, there are so many teams in Rocket League, of course, 385 teams that participate in, in Rocket League and received money. And I don't know how many of those participate in RLCS sponsored events, but with all of that in mind, and I've called for it for you know time and time again, saying like there needs to be some sort of obligation that orgs have in order to participate in Rocket League, and it's it's franchise esque with that in mind. But um, there does need to be something that orgs are responsible for. So you can't have a thing like Dignitas where it's like, ah, well, we just ran out of money. Like, how is that not something that is required of them? Like, if you're going to sign a player to a contract. And they'll probably have to pay through contracts and stuff like that, depending on what the legal situation is. But how can there be something like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to start an org because I'm bored and I feel like it. But there's no minimum that they have to offer a player. If they're like, hey, we're going to give you $1,000 every two months to play Rocket League and you've got to commit 35 hours a week to it. Like there's nothing preventing that kind of thing. And a 16 year old might be silly enough to say like, ooh. A thousand dollars, like five hundred bucks would. a month. <laughs> I'll take five hundred bucks a month to play a game I already want to play. But it's like, okay, you're making like a dollar, like two dollars an hour. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so I don't know. That's my overall perspective. I wouldn't mind getting your guys' thoughts. Do you want? Do you want to Eliza? Or There's a lot I, there, so yeah, yeah, I get it. Do you want to unpack that a little bit? I've only been talking for the last fifteen minutes, so yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I. Like, after this whole Jack situation, um, like, I, I totally understand his point of view with, um, like, being in, invested in, like, the Dignitas project and, and, like, 
I, I totally agree. Like signing the three-year deal, like job stability is it's it's the right decision, of course. Um, and then the issue comes when like plans, like the org, the org's plans change, um, and you no longer have like concurrent views about like the project, and you don't want to like be going down this path anymore. And so I think that's sort of what happened with Jack, and and then he sort of was stuck in, in contract jail for a little bit there while negotiations took place and um, but between Genji and Dignitas. Um, but I think based on everything I heard, like I think a players association is like definitely um, a need in the scene. I know that people like Turin Turo have talked about it in the past. Um, and I think there's like a players association in like a bunch of different regions in league of legends as well that, does good work so i think it's it's a fairly proven concept in esports um i just one that i think is is pretty necessary because right now we just have like a bunch of players that are all like signed to different like talent agencies and like those talent agencies don't work together so it's just like it feels like it creates like a lot of disparity between like what contracts are seen as acceptable um i think just like one bigger governing body would be a better option uh, Elias, do you want to jump in here? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, I mean, I definitely agree. I think um, as far as the contract goes, like it makes more sense, um, especially after all that explanation, like going for the three-year contract is kind of a, no, a no-brainer at that point. Um, I do know, like, I don't know if it was just an offhanded thing as well, like just to play devil's advocate for Jorius. I see where like, as in terms of playing like and having the control of like playing with who you want to play, it could stand in the way. But at the end of the day, like as a pro, you're only going to be able to be a pro for so long. So um, having those guaranteed, that guaranteed time as a pro is good. Um, one thing I wanted to add in is that on that, I guess it was a Reddit post or a Twitter post uh, where it kind of showed the screenshot of Joyous saying in chat, um, I don't know too much about buyout, but Jack uh, signed a contract for three years. Not smart. Um, Jack actually commented directly on that, like explaining his scenario and basically saying, like, as far as his perspective is concerned, like, that was a smart decision. He would do it again. Um, he's still happy with how things, like, ended up, really happy with how he was treated by Dig and all that other good stuff. So, like... As that goes to say, kind of um, seems so, like he's on the right path with it. At least. Yeah, so, but because it, it's crazy, because I just feel like a week ago it was such a big thing about like he feels stuck and whatever, right? Like there was just so much chaos with that team happening. So I think it worked out in him in the end, especially now he's playing with um, what's his teammate? What's uh, what's Genji? Um, Nolly Chronic. Chronic, yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's worked out for him in his favor, but um, he probably had more options than he like. He had a lot more power probably than he thought when the situation was happening. That's that's at least what I feel about this. Um, to I mean, there's a lot of points that Tim brought up, so I'm gonna try to like answer one of them. Uh, I think one thing when you say like all these players are young, and that means like we don't have these like ten year careers. I think that does make the esports such a harder thing, right? Um, and not and I think I think those who are part like uh, watch regularly uh, the people on the panel here, 
um, don't really mind the fact that, oh, like every year or two, like there's new teams that rise up or whatever. Um, but there is something that like something nice about coming back to a scene in five years and still seeing some names. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely uh, I think I would, I would tend to agree that um, the fact that the players are so young and they only are on the top like top level for a year or two definitely hurts the scene, I think, in the long run. Um, I don't think that's actually that much of a controversial statement to say, at least in my opinion. Um, yeah, and then on top of that, uh, maybe maybe if something that we could talk about right now is um, all of these roster uh, swaps. If uh, Ty Swiggles, do you want to take this away a little bit and just uh, kind of go through the big ones that stick out to you, and then um, oh. yeah, we, can, we can start getting into it. The big ones that stick out to me. Um, I, I, I'm not sure what you guys may have mentioned in the past couple of podcast episodes. I haven't had a chance to listen to, but nah, you just go, just go, whatever. I think a uh, big, big one for me is um, the Reddles AJ Magic Bear team up on Optic. Um, it's uh, two players that got kicked from their teams um, in Reddles and AJ who've teamed before, um, and they're both you know like top top level talents for North America. Um, and I think what I like is really, it's not something that North American players do a lot of the time is sort of taking the shot on like the young gun, um, in magic bear. Uh, I think it's like good to see and healthy for the scene. I think we're seeing the same sort of thing with, with chronic on Genji. Um, and I just, I think they'll, they'll succeed. I think they're going to be a strong roster from what I've seen. They look really good. I think they got second in a tournament against phase last week. Uh, if I recall correctly, um, I just yeah, I think it's a it's a solidly composed team. Um, you got like two more mechanical players that'll be able to run the offense, um, and then Reddles with his like in-game leading and, and sort of experience holding it down at the back kind of thing. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing them play. Uh, Lies, what are your thoughts on this team? Um, as far as that team goes, I think Reddles, AJ, and Magic Bear should work together pretty well. And I'm I'm particularly really excited to see uh, the Gen G roster and how that plays out, just because I've always been a big fan of Ones and Appjack in general. Um, I do think yeah. it's also important to say, uh, worth pointing out um, the players that are kind of taking the spots of AJ and Rettles as well. Because SSG is confirmed, uh, it's been round out, rounded out with LJ, uh, who came off Oxygen, and then Phase has been rounded out with Mist, which I think is also going to be just a super strong team. Um, additionally, I don't know if it was if it's been mentioned on the podcast yet, but there is Furia, who is now going to be moving up from Sam into the NA region, and. If I'm not mistaken, uh, the um, for like the closed qualifier of the RLCS, uh, the seeding was released earlier today, and I think they were put in like the second seed or something like that. Super I believe you are correct. I think it was second seed. So wait, the, I'm pretty sure. How do they calculate that, especially on teams that like have so many new roster switches? Uh, there... Or is it just on the main two? Is that is that kind of the basis for it? Uh, there's literally like a, a 
panel that Psionics has that decides seating. Like they'll look at like really top sixteen teams. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah, it's okay. like March Madness for Rocket League. Uh, oh my Tim, God. this is a good spot where you get it. What do you, what do you feel about this uh, arbitrary panel of experts that are deciding <laughs> on the seating for the new thing? <laughs> well, the good news is that they pay more attention to Rocket League than I do, so <laughs> they're definitely more qualified than I am to do it. What do I mean? Um, uh, former RLCS caster is- Tim. <laughs> former 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 it's been a long time since i was an rlcs caster but it did happen so can't take that away from me um i mean they do the same thing though in they do it for college football they do it for college basketball they do it for all of these different things where they're going to set up power rankings and it's not until you have established teams year after year does any actual legitimate power ranking type of stuff come in where seeding actually makes sense um, I do think though, when, after any kind of transfer or roster open and deadline and everything where the where the market's open, um, I do think there needs to be an aspect of like an open qualifier for the next split or large tournaments or anything like that. So that it's very much like a, okay, we've got a, you have to establish where you're at, even if you've kept the same roster, just like. Establish where you're at in the power rankings. Um, if and maybe like maybe if, if your team has maintained two thirds of your roster, you get to skip part of that open qualifier. And I don't know if that's well, how it okay. works fashion, but Tim, because this is actually great, and we, we can probably get the other panelists in on this too. But like, what do you feel about the two three rule that they've kind of given all the power to the players because it. It leases some wacky things, and I think it helps players. Well, I think I think really it has not not just be two thirds of this of the the roster, but it has to be maintained under the same org, like same company name contract, whatever it is, like whatever the previous registered thing. You couldn't just say like, okay, our team last year was players one, two, and three, and then player three went off and did went joined a different team. Um, players one and two just created a whole brand new team and it's the same like they created the brand new team they added somebody else but it's a different team name all that different stuff like no you've got to start over it it, like you can't you can't have as much team turnover and roster turnover if you want the sport to have casual fan base you already have random names like no names that you can't identify with an actual person all you can identify with is a car on the screen for the most part. Um, so you already have like really random names. And if you just keep switching team names and keep switching all of this constantly, it's going to be hard to maintain a fan base of those individual things. This actually, I think goes really well into one of the questions that was asked this week. There's a little bit of discussion on this as well as someone was, tr- was trying to get into the esports scene and they went and they this is one of our listeners in, in the discord I, i'm sure you guys can figure it out but um and then he he posed a recent question but essentially went and like looked at like all these different like esports teams and it's like none of them really stood out to him um and just decided like oh i don't really know what team to cheer for and i think like i always went from like the thing it's like usually a fine like a star player or you know a youtube channel that there's a player that plays for a team that has a youtube channel that i like right that's how a lot of these players are discovered and then you cheer for that team through proxy right like i feel like that's kind of the way to do but um 
there is this other part of me that feels like because we have this overabundance of so many teams, right? That keep switching. Um, there's the it makes it a lot harder for for casual and newer like uh, viewers to be able to look around and kind of decide on okay this is the team I'm going to cheer for because who knows if that team's going to be around in a year. And if it is around, it might have three completely new people that you don't care about. Right. It's like, I, I think it's one of those things where those who have been part of the scene for a while have like, don't mind it. Right. But I, I, I'm definitely seeing Tim's point where this is one of those things that's going to continue to prevent this esports scene from growing in the future. Because, you know, CSGO, like some of these careers were like 10 years long. You know what I mean? And I think that makes a very different history when you have these matchups and people switching teams and stuff, right? Uh, I don't think you need the same pros, though. I don't think you need the same pros so what, for five just, years. Just as but long you as need the teams, teams have that spiritual kind of connection, right? That, like yeah, that's what you have to be able to come back to is like, oh, yeah. I remember watching G2 three years. Like when I first watched Rocket League on on Twitch, I remember G2 was, uh, was on there. And now you still see G2. You still see the same team logos. You still see something that you can recall if you watch once every few months but when it's like oh team queso was super dominant i wonder what happened to them oh wait now they're moist that's weird like it just doesn't give you a lot to follow if teams that become good switch their names right after becoming good because they finally get a contract <laughs> well, they finally get a contract and like i understand from a, a you know moist organization perspective like no you're gonna carry our name 100 percent understand that but it's one of those things of like this is why aspects of franchising and and all of that come up is because from a casual fan um it's it's just challenging to come come back after some time off and not know who anybody is or any team is even because switches happen all the time in professional sports you'll have teams with mostly new rosters outside of one or two superstars in the NBA all the time. Um, but the team is there. People are loyal to the team. You want, if you want to build team loyalty and, and create that fan base and everything, it doesn't matter who the players are. Like if you look at any professional traditional sports team, no one actually cares who the players are. If their team is winning, if you have, mm -hmm. if you have a team and it's winning and it goes to the playoffs and has a lot of success, and then next year they have a ton of roster turnover, but they still go to the playoffs and have a ton of success. Then you're happy regardless. So people want, like, people want to be loyal to that team. They want to kind of have some of that, like, tribalism and just kind of camaraderie that goes along with. I'm a fan of this team, and I have other people that I'm I enjoy hanging out with or talking to or engaging with team. that are also yeah. fans of that team. Yeah. And we lose that a little bit with, uh, with just the kind of the way it's set up and the constant changing, even though it's fun, but it, it is, it also, yeah, you need some transactions are a blast. If your team didn't win it all or didn't come, like didn't get in second place, transactions are the funnest thing to do with any sport or esport. Oh, we got a new player. That's going to be the player that takes us over the top. This is the new hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's why drafts exist in traditional sports. That's why, but the team um, identities aren't strong enough for that. That's why the free agent the same, market right? exists in traditional sports, mm -hmm. but team identities aren't a thing in esports. They are a thing in traditional sports. So, but if you're a fan of the Los Angeles Lakers and you're like, oh man, we had a rough season last season. We had injuries and all that. And they're like, Oh, 
but we traded away this player and we got this player that's going to fix our problems. I was friends with a lot of Lakers fans when I lived in California and they were bad for like nine straight years until they got LeBron James. <laughs> and every year I would hear those people say like, oh, we just traded for this guy. We're going to make it. This person fixed all our problems. And then they would Sounds go like into like a record setting. Sounds like the Leafs. Year. I was going to say. <laughs> but that's every, that's every traditional sport, right? Like if your team didn't perform and then they signed a guy, regardless how average that player was, you signed a guy. You got something new. You're bringing something new to the table. We're fixing our problems. and But you don't have that in esports. You have, ah, well, that team released the player. Now they're going and starting Team Booty Wipe. And Team Booty Wipe is going to up. They made their qualifiers. Team Booty Wipe, top 16 in the region. And you're just like, what is going on here? So, yeah, yeah that's know, my input. No, no, I think it's great. Um, okay. Uh that's great. I just Tim, I just wanted you to participate. You know what I mean? I felt like this was a good opportunity for you. Yeah, to be now you guys can get into actual esports. And I'll have uh, to let's more. get into esports here. Uh, so yeah, what what other big uh, kind of roster changes are you seeing here, uh, Ty Swiggles? Ooh, what other big roster changes? But yeah, like you're hyped for. Hyped for. <clears throat> um, hmm. I I don't I would I wouldn't say I'm hyped necessarily for uh, this one. Which is Astral joining Moist in place of Atira, but I am very, very interested to see if like they can keep up the form that they had at the end of last season, because like this team was like basically like the best in the world for like two splits, um, and like going into the World Championship, like they're like the favorite, like expected to win it all, um, and then like they have like one upset. They get upset in like the single Elim bracket, and like they just go out in eighth place. And like Vatira is just like, well, we didn't win worlds. I'm leaving. <laughs> um, so picking up Astral, I think he's like one of the better players that you could have like gotten to replace Vatira. But like for for my money, Vatira is like probably the best player in the world. So I think replacing him is going to be really difficult. And I don't think Astral plays like quite the same role as Vatira does. Like Vatira, you really felt like that like defensive like rock like third man style player that would like just like pop off on his opportunities in offense whereas like Ashel really feels like the guy that like wants to drive the offense forward like as the spearhead of the attack uh, so I think they're gonna have to like come up with a new team dynamic to really succeed again uh, I think they can do it but I don't know if it'll have the same like level of ceiling that they had with Vatira so I'll be interested to see how they perform um yeah what do you feel about astral uh um allies here i thought it was a bit of a weird um kind of add-on to the team initially uh just because like in terms of the vibe i guess astral's always kind of had this like veil of like i don't want to say a veil of toxicity but a veil of like bad mental i guess and the moist guys have always seemed like so jovial um, that in terms of like that combination, I didn't super see it. I super agree with what uh, Ty was saying regarding Vatira's position on the team versus Astral. Like Astral is just like a mechanical first or second man, but doesn't really play that third the way Vatira does. Um, but at the same time, I'm very interested to see how that will play out. 
on that. I mean, I'm just excited because like there's that whole thing about Astro Triumph for Vitality, and um, I kind of just feel like on my end, it's like I love when there's like dispute over like what team is going to go to, and it's like I don't know. Do you guys still rate Astral? Like <laughs> to use a very British term, but do do you know what I mean? Like I I think he was so overhyped before, right? Well, that I it's remember very a time, hard. Yeah. There was mm-hmm. a time that he was like when he first came onto the scene, he was playing show matches on Johnny's channel. He looked like he was bringing up a level of mechanics that had never been seen before. And he was just absolutely crazy. He was like, at least as far as ones goes, the first player I can think of that really, well, maybe not the first, but one of those players that stood out as like, on the day, he's either the best in the world or really bad, but it's always exciting to watch. Mm -hmm. That being said, I feel like at this point, there's just been so many teams that have come up that like, it's like, oh yeah, he's Astral, he's, Still as good as he was, but like he hasn't had the results or he hasn't popped off as much as he used to. So somewhere in the middle for me, I'd say. Do you, do you think there's any player that like we're missing with all this stuff? Um, That's that like, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's it's like some, some of these players, like sometimes, especially when like these new seasons start. Um, it's hard to tell like what players are gonna be on top, um, and this this goes out to anyone in the panelists. Who do we feel, um, kind of going into this new season, is a player we should be watching out for that we might not know the name of, or or you know they have been rated as highly, but are probably gonna, um, you know, show up. Maybe. Yeah, Ty. <laughs> um, uh, I'll I'll say two piece in NA. He joined okay. Shopify Rebellion. He was like teammates with Chronic last season. Um, I think they're on randoms, um, but apparently he's been like really good in scrims, and Shopify is like looking pretty strong. So he's like a one of those like younger. I think he's like sixteen or something. He's like just one of those like mechanical kids, you know. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the nature of the beast. I've been going to our yeah. earlier conversation, but like we had KCP on, right? And it's like, yep, we just get you know three sixteen year olds. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. He he's up and coming, supposedly looking good so far in practice. So, we could see him play and then I kind of get a cheat here, but I'm going to say in EU, I just I'm going to say Atau from Team Liquid. I think he's like rated pretty highly already. Like their Team Liquid was like really good at the end of the season. Um but I think like this guy is just absolutely unreal. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he's like the best player in the world by the end of the season. He's improving so fast; it's just crazy to me. There you have it. Um, do, do, did you get into the optic gaming team before? Have we gone into the optic? Uh, we did talk about optic. Well, earlier. we touched about it briefly regarding the fact that like we talked about. Reddles, AJ, and Chronic teaming up, but I don't know if we actually touched on the fact yeah, that yeah, like, let's they talk are about this playing team. with Oregon, with Optic, which mm-hmm. does mean that um, prior Envy that turned into Optic last season has now dropped that team entirely and <laughs> switched to uh, this Reddles, AJ, and Chronic. So Magic they have dropped the four time for this, which means it must be pretty good. This is the one case, though, where um, I kind of feel like Optic is more brand recognition than Envy. Um, 
Ah, uh, yeah, you so can just look at Twitter followers. I know, I was going like to say, but it's, it's funny because it, it's like 3 million. <laughs> in Rocket League, if I said envy, people like, oh, like that, you know, Turbo Personal Miss team, right? But outside of, of Rocket League, I think it definitely has more potential. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah, but so yeah, do we like because like there was the whole Rettles drama before. I don't know if we ever actually completed it, right? Um, where during the tournament, like that, that all those things happened, but it, it feels like Rettles and AJ's, AJ have reunited. There's like some kind of magic, you know, to that. I'm kind of, I'm kind of <laughs> for this team. I, I feel like Optic Gaming is probably the team I'm going to cheer for. Uh, yeah. this year so there you go there's my it's, team for the year if it's like it's like the happy underdog story you know it's like oh these players like they got kicked from their teams it's so sad but they're coming together and like woo we're gonna watch them succeed you know it's like it, it's just a feel-good story if they do well exactly exactly i'm, I'm here for them i do um, think additionally uh just because you talked about like players we're looking out for and that kind of thing i i think i am really interested to see how magic bear plays out because he's never played on like a top top level team so far. And I know I was watching one of Rettle's videos uh, just earlier today, and he was mentioning that just like the chances that Magic is getting playing in a higher level scrims now, like he is just improving at a super high rate. Um, so I'm just I'm interested to see how that looks and yeah, uh, there you how go. That plays out. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, okay, what other teams have we missed? Uh, that like transfers, all those things that that I feel like we missed from our list here and haven't talked about. Um, one of them would be complexity. Um, okay. So yeah. complexity gaming uh, has I'm not actually 100 percent sure who the player is that they dropped, but they actually imported in CRR from uh, EU. So he was playing on um, Guild, if I'm not mistaken at the end of last season and he is now switched and he's moved to NA and he's playing with complexity. That'll round out the roster with Raceable, AJG and CRR, which should be a pretty strong team uh, as well. Something to look out for. There's a lot of EU players that are going to NA. Is that just money? You think that's probably the big thing? Yes. Yeah. NA has had like higher paid salaries for like years now. Yeah, I think that's just the reality of it. It's just not as big in Europe, um, or not as consistent. And I imagine as well, it's just like the language. Like some of these like teammates that you might pick up, it's like if there's a language barrier, that also makes it a little harder, right? Um, yeah, that's like the interesting thing about complexity too, is because like they're a South American team, and they imported a guy from Europe. So like they're sp- where, where's Spanish, the guy from Europe from? Spanish though? speakers, and he's Spanish, okay. so it works out. Oh, they just okay. they get the common Spanish. <laughs> they'll just they'll just have a little bit of a. Uh, Barcelona, you know, a little bit of <laughs> a different way to pronounce certain letters. Um, no, but, uh, you know, this is great. I think that's good. Uh, it, it feels, yeah, it feels like very much a lot of um, the talent is situated more and more in an A. And I think that's just the natural, like, kind of way of things. And it's one of those things where, you know, we've always had the arguments between NA and EU, but um is it now just gonna be like oh it's na but like all the u players are here <laughs> so so is it is it really na best you know like i love when like turbo or envy was doing well and it's like and and then turbo was like na the best or something you know like <laughs> i love that kind of stuff um okay 
Uh, so we talked about that. Um, the new format um, seems brutal. Like we, we talked about it a little bit, but like let's let's actually get into it here uh, as we run out of the show. The new format seems absolutely battle uh, brutal. Um, uh, so it, if you're not seated, you're gonna have to. It feels like face off against some of the best teams just to get into um, sitting at actual tournament land. Is that is that kind of a good quick description of it? I don't know. I don't want to fight me yeah, on this. I guess flux, flux, flux. Okay, flux. Let's let's go into Flux's diagram here because he he posted it <laughs> into our esports discussion. Um, okay, so if you are uh, as I saw, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, oh, it's way up there. Did he delete it? Okay. No, there's uh, just been a lot of conversation in there today. Got it. Okay, so C's one and sixteen. So essentially, the teams that you would associate with being top have a closed qualifier. Swiss and the top eight teams from that get into the main event. Okay. So if you are, and these C's once again, as we talked about earlier, um, are arbitrarily chosen by experts, yep. right? A panel um, decides who goes in, or or quote unquote. Who has the biggest name? Which, you know, I guess there's some... Because may, maybe this is some recognition of the fact that Psyonix understands we're going to have to have phase. We're going to have to... Ha- like, like I could close my eyes and give you the teams that need to I be think there, it, you know? I think it helps that all those teams that are, like, the top orgs that you want in are just, this like, the, this the, actually the best teams in the region anyway. So, makes it Usually, yeah. So, it's, it's this is, like, franchising without franchising. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the bottom eight, eight of those teams... We'll have to wait until the open qualifiers. Now, open qualifiers as fall as false. Okay, here's the thing that I don't get. Uh, oh no, okay, no, no, never mind. Uh, I, I, I get it now. Uh, okay, the remaining teams are split into sixteen groups. Okay, so if you're a brand name team, you're like through essentially to the main event as long as you can get through your close squiz. Um, but the remaining teams, sixteen groups in double elim formats. Eventually, you get down to 48 teams, and then there's another double Elam, and eight teams of those survive, okay? So from 16 groups of teams, you're going to get down to eight teams, okay? I'm not saying from 16 to 18 teams. I'm saying from 16 groups of teams, you're getting down to eight teams, and those eight teams will play against the eight, uh, you know, quote-unquote, seeded teams or brand-named recognition teams uh, in an open qualifier to get to the main event that the other eight teams got into. Um this though, as insane as this is, this is the kind of stability that I think, like you know, that we've mentioned throughout this podcast, that actually makes sense, right? Um, and I would even venture to guess that as long as, like, if you're going to create franchising, it's going to kind of look like this eventually, right? Like, the, having some guarantee for these top teams, so the scene actually has some kind of consistency over years. Um, this actually kind of pertains to that because I think for the last two years, what we've done is we've just been like, yeah, just do like brutal tournaments after brutal tournaments. And, uh, you know, you can, you can be top team, you know, one month and then the next month you can like not qualify. Right. Um, and it just showed, it just, it just meant that like some of the storylines would disappear and only like the top two teams would really be worth talking about because, you know, if this team just did bad in their first group stage, um, you never heard from them again. So I think this will give some consistency, but I don't know uh, what your thoughts are on this, Ty. Um, yeah, I think it's it's important to note as well that this, like, 
um, like one to sixteen like invite qualifier thing. Um, it only exists for the first regional that's coming up. Oh, um, is it one so, of those things where you have three different regionals again, or like sorry, uh, yeah, they're gonna have different formats again? Okay. Well, <laughs> it's it's all the same format, but like, um, like the invite qualifier thing only exists for the first regional here because after the regional um for the second regional the top eight teams based on points will just be directly invited to the regional so they don't have to do a qualifier at all um and then all the other teams will just play oh that's even more streamlined i was about to say disregard everything i said but no that makes it even more streamlined i'm fine with that yeah and then even even though it's unfair right it's quote-unquote unfair right it also like if you want you even if it's unfair because these like bigger brand teams are now getting better chances, I think the reality is is you, if you want this esports to grow, like our, our esports scene to grow, this has to be this stuff like this has to be in place for consistency. Otherwise, people are gonna stop are gonna lose interest. Yeah, and then to go even further, like for the third regional of the split, it's literally invite only. So whatever the sixteen teams are that have the most points. Uh, um, from the first two regionals, just get directly invited to the third regional, and there's no qualifier. Is the third regional also for points? Yep. <clears throat> Every, so, yeah, everything's for points. Okay, and then is it once again like three? Like we have like three kind of splits again. Yeah, so it's three splits of three regionals, um, and with a major every split, and then worlds. So basically, the same. It's is- the same exact format as last year, except mm-hmm. like there's like weirder invite things because like the third regional of every split will just be direct invites. There won't be a qualifier at all. And this, this is like, yeah. And this is them forcing, okay, we're going to, we're not going to see, um, like there's still a chance to get in, but if you're not the main state state teams, you know, if you don't have the big brand names, you're going to have to work a little harder, but this will, I think this will actually be healthier. Um, I think, in, in general. yeah, it's uh like, from what I can tell, it's like they're they're wanting to do this to like avoid situations where like a team that is in major contention to like go to the major, like is in like the clothes call or whatever and like just like loses and doesn't even make the regional to get points or something. Um mm-hmm. and like you just end up like losing that storyline completely. Like if the team has enough points to be in the top sixteen to fight for like the major spot, they just want those storylines to all take place in like the regional itself. Um, so they don't lose out on any storylines and stuff like that. Well, cause like, that's what happens. It's like I, half of these tournaments, I close my eyes and wait for last day, list last day teams anyway. And it's it, unless I have a team I'm following, right? Maybe there's one team I'll follow, but like, unless you're like a diehard rocket league fan, right? Um, when you see 64 teams in a W bracket or like a Swiss bracket, right? Uh, what do you even watch, right? Um, and I think what this will mean is like for a lot of people, it'll be like, no, once we get to land, it's it's mostly qualified teams that you recognize, and so it feels more important. I'm I'm for this, even though I think competitively, it's probably a little unfair. Uh, yeah, Elias, any any thoughts on this uh, format? As far as the format goes, I think it's just like honestly a good idea um, to have the streamlining the way they've done it. Because at the end of the day, it's just a it's a bummer when the teams that you want to see there just don't make it there because of some no name team makes it in through the or weird Swiss bracket, which happened way too much. Yeah, 
Well, actually, I like the Swiss bracket myself just because I find that more often than not, it feels like the better team gets out and there feels like there are less uh, upsets to me. I think I think uh, it's the like two or blue. three teams that are like under the bar that like should have got there, but the 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 teams they they end up playing were teams that you would quote unquote say were like significantly better, right? And they had three losses and other. Um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, it's it feels the most unfair to like certain teams that you're like, yeah, those two or three teams right under the bar should be there, but they're not. It is. But I think it'll be an interesting format, and I'm interested to see how it will play out. Uh, moving yeah. Through. All right, Tim. Uh, with all this, uh, should Rocket League do franchising? That's the question I'll throw to you. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I think every esport, I think every borderline esport should. Every tier two to tier three esport should have, should push for some sort of franchising. I think the the larger powers that be, in this case, Psionics, should. 1000% come up with regulations of in order for a team to participate in an RLCS specific event, meaning they're like a top 16 team or whatever from their region or top 18 from the region, what like however they want to signify it. If you want, if you want to qualify and participate, these are the factors that must happen. Now, I think with that, they also have to foster a farm system, foster an ability for somebody to, get to that level i mean traditional sports they've kind of have that in in the baseball you actually have a full farm system with minor league teams and all of that that happen that are attached to different teams and you have different levels of that farm system in basketball you have like the drew league um in football they essentially just use college football and basketball is the same thing they use college basketball as their essentially farm system and players have a path to the you know, to the big show, essentially being recognized. Yeah, yeah. That there's a path there, and what that does is one again, it creates more excitement. So, would you, would you, you want a draft? Would you want a rocket league draft? Well, and, and that's what the farm system in- essentially would do is just give you an opportunity draft for system. a draft. Yeah, but it would yeah. be something like only the bottom four teams yep. mm-hmm. can draft. So, if you have like top sixteen teams or something like that, let's say bottom eight teams can draft. You have 16 we'll teams have- per region. <laughs> bottom eight teams can draft. and But they can also trade their draft pick to a for top a eight team yeah, for yeah. a better for a player. So if you, know, essentially have a, if you have a bottom eight team and they're like, hey, we're going to give our max contract to somebody. We'll trade you. For, we'll, we'll trade for apparently Jack and we'll pay him max contract. You can have our draft pick. And then if you're, I, I'm just waiting for the day that like a team like Charlotte Phoenix is just sandbagging at the end, just so they get a better draft. <laughs> I also, but I, what I also don't think is I don't I don't think it should be done traditional draft pick in the way that NBA. It should just be like that, if your like, bottom half there should you be a, if your bottom half pick. you have to play in a tournament that will determine your draft pick. Mm. So like, so people if you want the top draft time. pick, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you yeah, want the top draft pick, you've got to win. That out of that out loser of tournaments out of the losers, yeah, yeah it'd be yeah. the best of the worst. So, yeah. like, I mean, there there should be aspects of that, but I think overall, if you want to, it, it does a few things. If you want to guarantee that players are going to get what they're supposed to get, what they're entitled to get out of their contracts and out of participating at the highest level for a billion dollar industry, essentially for a billion dollar platform, then why? 
wouldn't you do something that guarantees that? It would solve a lot of the potential contract disputes. It would give players and organizations the actual infrastructure needed to be successful so that you don't have situations where like, all right, well, now these larger organizations are just going to pull out, but they've already committed. Like they've already signed contracts with Psionics. They're, I mean, they're in there's for There's a reason Cloud9 is, you know, what happened to Cloud9 happened to Cloud9. And it's like, if we had a system that actually rewarded these bigger orgs sticking around. Um, Fra- franchising would help a game like Rocket League. And um, yeah, I'm it actually going to turn sport. this... Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn this on you um, since you've kind of inspired me for uh, sure to, to I'm just going to completely take it into Tim's corner here. Fine. Um, We've been waiting. <laughs> uh, let's see. I had a question somewhere. I had a question somewhere among my many, many questions. Well, um, questions okay, have was, I answered it and deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> what steps do you think would need to be taken for esports to transcend past the dedicated gamer demographic into a more mainstream social culture? I think Rocket League is poised to do this due to the simplicity of understanding what is going on and not having a real-world counterpart to compare to like FIFA or Madden do. So I think Rocket League is in a specific unique position where, especially if they did something like franchising, that very much lends itself to draft. It very much lends itself to real sport comparisons without having the direct real sport counterpart. So like, I'm not going to watch FIFA esports because I have real... I can go watch real soccer soccer yeah, football yeah. whatever i'm not gonna go watch madden because i can go watch real american football so but rocket league there's not you know outside going to destruction derby there's not the, not the same real world counterpart that you can okay take in so that's yeah. where i think rocket league is specifically poised to do something like that but franchising would would help the growth aspect but it would be an extreme challenge because you would alienate so many bubble teams players anything like that so without p- building an infrastructure of farming you will not have a successful franchise system all right uh yeah i guess i guess finding where the next players have come from is, is an idea um or having it be streamlined so that people are coming up um but when it comes to casual fans because like this is the thing right farming systems are great when you're trying to think of having more for pros in the future but right now don't think rock like i say actually has a problem developing pros um with the way like kcp coming up right now like all these 16 year old 15 year olds it it's not okay yes it's hard to get recognized but there's just a, a sheer amount of volume right now and the amount of young players that are playing um and that are getting into the mix of the top themes that i don't think i'm not saying that a farm system is a bad idea i'm saying i don't actually think that is the thing that would change the fortunes necessarily right i don't think the we farm have system of- wouldn't change the fortunes but it mm-hmm. would solidify the franchising. You don't need okay because then a yeah farm because system then, without franchising is dumb. Yeah, yeah, because because the idea would be uh, that uh, like instead of having you know um, pink, because with the, with the franchising anime hair, you know you wouldn't have 52. open tournaments. You wouldn't have open tournaments with franchising. Yeah, yeah. Everything would be closed to the franchise teams. That's the only ones that could participate. So you're not going to get these little peaks behind the curtain of these bubble all those teams. bubble teams would just be part of other organizations or a pool of organizations that would then try out and you try to get noticed by being on these bubble yeah teams. so you just I have little farming that, yeah. tournaments and stuff and you so, show them on rocket league b c or d channel whatever it is on twitch yeah. uh, 
And or on the main it, channel, honestly. Like, it's why just, not? It's, if it's not on it's essentially minor hours, league yeah. tournaments that anybody can go participate in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think even with that, there has to be like franchising. No, I, I would say on top of your franchising, I think regionalization would have to be a thing uh, when it comes to mainstream. Um, I think buyouts by... N- and like I know we've had the pioneers on, right? And I, I think what they did in Kansas, the fact that they're so regionally located actually helps a lot but i think what would help would be specifically establish sports brands it could be any sport but or at the very least the city like a city name in teams um because like we already have regionalization in rocket league in the sense that we have na and eu right we've already have that rivalry there right um, but I think we could in, like enhance it in the sense that we could have all these like uh, teams represent cities. Now, I I know what some of you. I don't think I don't know if you the four of you are thinking this or the three of you are thinking this. Um, but I know what some of you listeners may be thinking of this. That sounds an awful lot like Overwatch, <laughs> Overwatch <laughs> League, which is a massive disaster. That's because the esport wasn't established before they created Overwatch League, and they didn't know if it was view- viewable. Um, I think what would have to happen, though, in a regionalized-based system is you'd probably need players from in and around that region, right? And so, because that's how you actually get fans, right? It's usually it's usually someone that somehow pertains to you, you identify with. And this actually goes back to the question that was posed in Discord, like we talked about slightly earlier, right? About, like, finding things that I could relate to, Right. I think in the states, there's a lot of cities. As long as your that city is within, you know, I don't know, 500 miles of you, <laughs> that would probably be, be the 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 team you cheer for, right? Um, and I think that would help uh, casual fans who just watch random sports or whatever be like, oh, okay, it's it's that city or the one metropolitan area for you know thousands of miles that is somewhat near to me closer to the other metropolitan areas and therefore uh, a good like team for me to cheer for i think that would work um i think what didn't work in overwatch league was one they didn't have an established esport before they tried to force one out of there and they just pumped a bunch of money into it and two the regionalization there didn't feel very regionalized because you'd have a team that was like a swedish player um a player from korea you know um a a player from like spain or whatever a player from japan all play on the same team and apparently they're gonna represent um you know i don't know uh las vegas Vegas, okay like you know what i mean like and you know the thing is like upon that like maybe their demographics within there we could actually create uh a culture and actually created that, that that's the case but i think they didn't think anything about that right especially these full korean teams like the reality was um the korean the korean players were so dominant in overwatch league that you'd have like seven of the teams just being all korean players right um and so it made it harder for that regionalization not the you know i'm sure the korean population in there would like it but they were probably uh you know playing other games um, and I think also the success of the game didn't help to that, but that's a whole other story. Um, why this game? Like, I want I want Rocket League to get taken over by, uh, you know, get get some South Korean players in and have their like method. Meth- I've I've said this before. That would be my thing. That would be my like turning event. Like when it comes, okay, well, like what would get you super excited for like Rocket League esports? 
is if like some major telecom company <laughs> in in Korea was like, yes, we are going to uh, get we're going to put all our brains together and we're going to figure this thing out. And then you just have um, they probably all play mouse and keyboard because that's the culture. Um, and they just completely destroy everybody because they somehow like meticulously break it down and practice 12 hours a day. And everyone else would be absolutely demolished. That That's my event for, you know, how Rocket League would succeed. Um, but no, some kind of regionalization and some kind of identifiers that would help bring casual mainstream people into it, I think would help a lot. Tie-ins that are not cringy would also help a lot because <laughs> that's that's my fear where cringe inducing tie-ins don't never help like when i when i see an ad, ad and it's not even related like that doesn't work um i think the nfl time was pretty good um i think having pro athletes play some of those things helps to turn mainstream i think having um i think like youtubers mentioning it to me was a big one where when when, when rock league became free to play and i'll hear it from time to time people saying you're playing rock league so it's it's not like there's not ways that we've kind of sipped like slipped into and out of the mainstream right like the game's a lot more known now than it was a year or two ago just because of a million people had played it and then it slipped into other celebrities talking about it so that that would be another thing yeah okay <laughs> I, I, yeah. uh what <laughs> One more question. Uh, one more question for Tim's corner, and then I can give it back to you. Um, and this may be okay. This is going to be for definitely everybody's input. Um, oh, where would it? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Too many questions. I've asked way too many things. Uh, most disappointing teams of the last two years. I nominated OXG as the most disappointing. OXG. Who, who do they have? Oxid. Well, the original incantation of oxygen. So which what like that actual? Yeah. I could I completely agree, right? That that team was set up as the it would be the team that like y- you know those like sports teams where they're just like, okay, like we need the the players that we know are like top level consistent. You know what I mean? Like so if, if I were to do an analogy, it's just like they they don't bring in necessarily like okay like the world class players and even if they're like slightly past their prime or in their prime, like these are these are the teams that are going to be consistent. Like this is a team of players that I look at all individual players. I'm like, this makes sense. It works together. And then, and then, you know, and then what happened happened. So I, I really like that. Um, I would argue the team <sighs> that was most disappointing to me. The thing, I think, I think. Well, this is tough because all the teams had their peaks, right? So it's hard, kind of hard for me to say. Like, I don't know, Cloud Nine when it was trailing off was disappointing to me. I'm like, but yeah, they were trailing off. <laughs> so, so essentially, um, which teams were poised to perform? Okay, that's that good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another nomination: original incantation of Team Liquid. <laughs> yeah, flakes. Ty, do you want to take this? <laughs> I think original incantation of liquid is fruity speed cooks, right? Oh, was it? Okay, I wasn't sure. I know Flakes was on there at one point, but I, I off the top of my head, I wasn't sure. I mean, you could uh, argue wasn't, any wait, wait, incantation wait. of Team Liquid until recently. So yeah, true. I my okay, answer, actually, my answer, actually, to that point, no, 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 real quick, to that point, yeah. the the team of uh, speed, uh, what was it, Speedy Mouse? 
Speedy. Uh, no, no. Speedy. I, I, I got confused here. No, no. Uh, you said... Fruity, you said? Uh, fruity team, Speed Cookser? Was Liquid? Was that the team that won that one tournament? Um, like, there was a random one-off tournament between RLCS seasons that... They came uh, second in yes, the tournament. Yes. And then because of that, I think they got really hyped, and I think that's why they're disappointing. So that, that's why that's a good answer. Anyway, continue with what you're going to say earlier. <laughs> okay, yeah, my I my answer is uh, Dignitas from this season. Okay, <clears throat> because Scrub yeah, Scrub, Joyas, and Jack, they I don't know, they were like crazy hyped up. They looked pretty good in fall split, uh, and in the fall major in the Swiss stage, they went literally nine and zero, like perfect. Listen, um, as soon as I saw the Verge controversy happen, I kind of felt like that would happen. But you're also right, because I remember us specifically talking at the beginning of the season, like, oh, this is the most hyped team. And then then we we heard about cheese hats instead, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like they, I don't know, they were super good in fall until the playoffs of the the fall major. And they like got upset by Semper. And then in winter, they sucked and they did horrible at the major. And then in spring, they were even worse and they didn't make the major. And then at Worlds, they were like, pretty bad still and they got like 16th you know like i don't know the, i don't know what happened like the team must have like hated playing together or something because like they just like never played the game like these guys had no hours so i'm pretty sure like they had like combined like 60 hours past two weeks before the start of the winter major uh and yeah, like that's a mess. i don't know it seems like they just like didn't take the game seriously like when they went to boot camp like they literally just like use it as like vacation instead of like like practice, I don't know. They just really never lived up to the hype. I think. Elias, you got a team for this? I do. Um, unfortunately, my first thought was Dignitas because they really did. Like, they were so poised to win it. They came in for, I believe it was the fall major last year, coming into the Swiss, going nine and zero in the first rounds, coming in super high, and then yeah, once again, just Semper just shut them out and then they just forgot how to play the game for the rest of the season which is super unfortunate but otherwise mine would be vitality like i know they've had their ups and downs in the last couple of seasons but like at the end of all csx like they came in and won over bds and they came in for like pretty much all of last season and had no showing anywhere and that was pretty big letdown for me because i'm a big fairy peak fan there you have it. All right, Tim, have you relinquished your corner? I think so. Hey, didn't you guys ask like a question last week or the week before about teams that fell apart because of, of, of one bad performance or something? Was that you guys? Uh, was that me? I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like I heard it somewhere of essentially commentary around uh, which teams like due to a bad performance, the team was just like never the same and fell apart. Ooh. I like that and, one a lot, but and my thought when I heard that initial question, wherever it is that I heard it, yeah. um, was what was I don't remember the team name, but it was whatever time it was the big controversy around Karma missing an open net like the <laughs> seconds of a game. Oh man! And you know what's crazy much, though? Like dis- it just pretty disheveled like her career to some degree. I can literally picture it in my mind. Okay, I, I I completely agree that was iconic. However, the reason I wouldn't say that was disheveled is because I believed I think it was like the third or fourth one in a row. Like 
It wasn't a one-time thing. I think the storyline in that was that it was like three things where they were about to make it back into the RLCS, and they like lost in the in the final like matchup. Like yeah, three, three things in a row. And, so it was just like missing an open net or something like that, and it was like it was, one specific. I just remember there being like one specific event where there was an open, a missed open net. Yeah, like it was. Of, it was the last one. It I'll was the last exactly, one. I'll tell saying, you exactly what it was. I'll tell you exactly what it was. Is the season nine promotion tournament. They're playing against United in the lower final. If they they were up three two, it was game six overtime, and she had an open net. All she had to do was hit the backboard reading to the net, and it was a goal, and she missed. And then they lost game six, and then they lost game seven, and they didn't make it into RLCS. Yeah, it was never the same again. My Charlotte Phoenix hype died <laughs> down after that. Um. But yeah, that's all I got. I relinquished my corner now. You can uh, do whatever you want to do at this point. Yeah, it was a particularly long one. This time. <laughs> well, it got the respect it deserved now that I'm here to actually like hold you accountable to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, okay, this this was a, a fun adventure of an episode. I, I didn't quite feel like... Um, what's the word? I don't know what to expect, but I, I very much enjoyed this chat. Um, I'd like to thank Tim, Elize, and Ty Swoogles. Thank you so much for being on. Um, Ty Sugos especially know that you're, uh, you're you you toughed it out on this one. Oh yes. Um, and uh, Elias, thank you once again for being back. Tim, I don't know. Like Tim, I I feel like Tim. It, it it'd only be if he's interested. But like every time he's on, I'm like Tim could probably just shoot do this show every week, and it'd just be like contract disputes and like <laughs> dumb. It wouldn't be like esports. Like oh, we're gonna review like what the results are, like what the teams are. It'd be like Tim essentially just like going through and being like like this is what a player said and like this is why this is like completely unprofessional or oh this team i have, to, did I have this. to take i have to take rocket league and bring it into real life like that's what I, that's all i care about like i don't care about any of the little specific tiny tiny esports stuff going on i want to bring the stuff T- that happens like, into rocket league into real yeah, life. yeah. well because like i mean i listen to a lot of pro wrestling podcasts and um literally and you gotta get back to allies yeah, yeah, I'm gonna throw the lies here, but um, I listen to a lot of pro wrestling podcasts, and it's like literally about the business dealings and the background things that are like the interesting parts. Elias, what did you want to add to all this? Yeah, um, just before we do close out, I know there's a conversation earlier this week in the esports channel regarding Astral and uh, translation. Oh yeah, it's the French the interview. Oh, way yeah. to throw this at the end, so people are I gonna know. have to. We talked about quick. Astral earlier, and I. Just couldn't find the segue. Um, but uh, to add that in, so he had an interview, I think it might have been with Rocket Baguette, not exactly sure. But it was all in French, and there was conversation about him having tried out or looking to move to NA uh, for mm-hmm. a team. And so I listened through that VOD, and the one thing that was left out, I don't know if it was missed in the translation, is that he does actually leak it. Uh, partway through there is that he was in talks with Oxygen uh, to join in, I guess, potentially covering LJ's spot um, alongside Gimmick and Toasty, if I'm not mistaken. So that was was the one additional little bit of information that he was potentially moving in towards Oxygen. He did actually mention that, like, they wanted him, they'd given him an offer, and that... Essentially, he was also in talks with Moist and potentially even Vitality at the 
time. I'm not exactly sure when this was. Um, then it all came down to like oxygen gave him a drop dead day. Like, okay, like we need you to confirm this like by tomorrow. And at that point he had only played like one scrim with them. It went really well, but it was one scrim and it wasn't enough for him to pack up his bags and move across the ocean. So he oh, that's great. Eliza. That, that I love that. Cause I've both, I felt that like that situation literally happened to me the other day of having to make a decision in a day. And sometimes the fact that the decision is made, you probably would have came up to that answer anyway. Like the thing is, if like if they gave Astral another week or two, he probably would have said like went with whatever the other offer was anyway. Like that's what I'm feeling because you usually have a gut feeling about these things. But you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if they give him more time. But at, at the end of the day, you have to have a team ready, right? And you have to start practicing. So, uh, but that's great. Um, <clears throat> Eliza, I enjoy that you uh, you're the bringer of secrets today. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. I do what I can. Uh-huh. Uh, there it is. Um, <laughs> leaked actual like I'm, I'm just thinking of my like sensationalist title. Leaked astral news. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like like I'm a tab like that's what our podcast has become. It's it's just a tabloid. Uh, that's that's my new goal for every title I make. All right. Um, anyway, from all of us here, uh, we thank you so much for listening. This has been a doozy of a show. Um, your homework, should you choose to accept it, is um, try to get seven hours of sleep. Uh, do your best. Uh, you know, when the sun goes down, try to go to sleep. Try not to go to sleep at like 4 a.m. like WAPS. Um, so there you go. Because uh, that's unhealthy and you should sleep and stuff. Anyway, I think that'll be good because I, I personally feel like people don't sleep enough and that's why they're tired all the time. Uh, we'll see you all next week in what kind of cast and format. Who knows? Um, it's a continuing adventure, but uh, it keeps revolving. So we'll see ya. Peace. <laughs>